This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, Brampton City Council has voted unanimously to declare a health care emergency because of overcrowding and excessive wait times uh, at the community's hospital. Now, the hope is that this will help shake loose some urgent funding to relieve pressure on frontline services. Mayor Patrick Brown says he's taking this step because there is a real prospect that lives are in danger. And uh, Bob, what do you make of this idea of uh, getting a state of emergency, declaring a state of a healthcare emergency? Well, I think if you're in a situation, um, especially if you're one of the lower levels of government and you want to get the attention of the one that calls the shots in terms of how much money, where it goes, uh, and you're expecting some help, Sometimes you got to say things which get attention. And I think in this case, they're doing it. I'm not saying that there, there aren't issues there that need to be resolved on the healthcare front. We can recall a year ago when this uh, first surfaced and we were seeing the stories, hearing the stories about the, the hallway medicine at, at the hospital there in Brampton. So, you know, that's, that's just an approach that they, they wish to take. I'm not saying that they're making it up and it's fabricated. Clearly it's not. But to get the attention of other levels of government, sometimes you have to use phrases such as that in order to grab headlines and get their attention and, and maybe get some response that you feel is needed. Okay, well, uh, I'm wondering if that's going to do any good. Let's take a call from Ashley in Brampton. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Libby. Uh, you're on the air. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm 28 years old. I have lived in Brampton all my life, and um, there really, really, truly is um, no exaggeration when it comes to the wait times and the level of care that you get when you go to Brampton Civic Hospital. Um, the hallway medicine is awful. You often feel like you are not even a human being. Uh, and yeah, it's 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 terrible. I've spent a lot of time there, unfortunately, due to health concerns, and um, unfortunately, I've seen some really terrible things come out of that hospital. Uh, can you? Uh, how many times were you there, and and how long were you waited there, waiting there, and where were you kept? Okay, so uh, I have been going to the hospital on and off since two thousand seven, uh, due to a motor vehicle accident where I broke my back. Sorry um, to hear that. Uh, I would say 85 to 90% of the time you are in a hallway or a waiting room that is not only over capacity with patients, but over capacity with guests. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, seats are taken up. Um, tempers start to flare when the wait times are as long as they are. And um, the, honestly, the level of care that I get there, uh, I could honestly get that at any walking clinic that didn't give, well, two cents about you. 
so what what kind of uh, is this emergency care, or you said is is it chronic care as a result of your accident? Um, no, the, I'm talking strictly in the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I've gone there, uh, like I said, I feel like less than a person, and uh, I don't feel like I'm taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long have you had to wait? Um, I have had to wait at least six hours per visit. That's the minimum. Um, and I've gotten up to eight, nine hours. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They've misdiagnosed things. They refuse to do the proper diagnostic imaging as well as investigative medicine. I had a perforated uh, stomach that they misdiagnosed. I was bleeding internally. So it was a pretty serious situation. It is a very serious situation there. Okay, Ashley, thanks very much for your call. Thanks, Libby. Okay. I think we have the mayor of Brampton now. Patrick Brown, are you there? Yes, I'm uh, here. Always great to be on your show. What made you take this uh, step? Um, we uh, One of the tools municipalities have is, is to declare an emergency. Uh, and... Uh, public emergency. We saw it with ice storms in Toronto, and we saw it with a snowstorm in St. John's, Newfoundland. It, usually, you do it when there's a, a risk uh, of, of life, when uh, when human life is uh, in jeopardy. And we felt that we met the thresholds there. It's pretty acute. Um, the underfunding of healthcare in Brampton hallway medicine isn't uh, abstract. It's not unusual. It's the norm. That's how patients are being treated. And we pay the same provincial taxes as everyone else, and we expect our taxes to provide quality services. You look at the beautiful new hospital that's being built in Vaughan or the one in in Oakville, um, and it's difficult for us to appreciate why we have residents facing um, second-tier health care simply because they live in, in Brampton. And let me just give you an example of how bad it's become. If you look at what the province spends per capita, on healthcare in Ontario, they spend about $1,900 per resident. In Brampton, it's only 936, so half of the provincial average. We have 55% fewer hospital beds per person than the provincial average. Right now, Brampton has 608 hospital beds just to catch up with the provincial average. Just to catch up, we need 800 additional beds, double what we have. And so governments at Queen's Park uh, liberal and conservative over the last 15 years have been asleep at the switch. And our council felt that it was important to raise a red flag and say we're sick and tired of it, that we we, we deserve the same quality care in Brampton as, as they get elsewhere. How often is Brampton Civic operating at over 100% capacity? So I can tell you that our emergency department is now the busiest in North America. It was built to accommodate a maximum of 90,000 visits. Last year, they had 140,000 visits. Our urgent care clinic was built for 10,000 visits, and actual visits exceeded 75,000 last year. So we're at a point where people are, people are being turned away. Uh, residents now feel that they have to drive to another community to go to the hospital. And, and that's not even documented, that the, the fact that it's now become accepted that if you, that if you live in Brampton, you have to go to... Um, you have to go to another community to get proper care. There are a lot of other hospitals that are facing 
let's say, similar situations where they're operating at 100% or over 100% capacity for much of the time. We've heard about uh, Richmond Hill, lots of places where this is the case in the province. The government has said that they're dealing with hallway medicine, but it's going to take time. Uh, What's your response to that? So I understand this is not going to be solved overnight, but if we need a solution on the table. So Brampton needs a new hospital, but to build a new hospital, it's going to take 10 years. Um, you can add 200 beds to the urgent care clinic, um, and there's a proposal to do so, but even that's going to take several years. And so I want the process started, and frankly, it, it needed to be started yesterday, but it it hasn't been, and um, we really we, we really hope this call for help is taken seriously at Queen's Park. You know, the the health minister has not responded to this, but, you know, her spokespeople are citing all the money that's been allocated. Uh, so there's $46 million for the Brampton Civic Hospital project, $8.3 for phase one of the Peel Memorial Center, and they, they had that allocation for those 53 temporary beds. So re- repackaging old announcements does nothing to change the fact that we have 608 beds in Brampton. That hasn't changed under this government. It's the same. We are 835 short. It doesn't change the fact that right now they're spending less in Brampton than any community in Ontario per capita. I repeat, they are spending half in Brampton what they spend as a provincial average. Mm-hmm. So why is it right? You know, whatever spin they can say, and they, you know, the hospitals are big budget operations. We're talking about billion dollar operations, and they can, you know, announce some spending of three million here or that. That's just a distraction. I'm going to measure this government's performance based on hospital beds per capita and funding per capita. And right now, we are half what is the provincial average. Uh huh. Does some of that have to do with, you know, I think there's generally a problem in the province that there's development and there's growth without, uh, you know, much thought to the services needed to support that growth in the population? Well, certainly um, the fact that Brampton has been a high growth area puts additional pressures on. So uh, if you're an older municipality, you don't need to build a new hospital. Well, then, then obviously you're not going to face the same pressures. I, I think that's put um, that that's really magnified the problem. The the fact that Brampton is um, if you if you look at newcomers to Canada, if you look at growth, Brampton is one of the fastest growing municipalities in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, is is uh, the province partly responsible for that? Well, I guess that's the federal government and, and the provincial government, one that Canada, um, and, I, and I support our immigration policy. I'm glad that, you know, we're a welcoming uh, country. Um, Brampton tends to be a, a destination of choice. Um, and the province obviously is pro-development right now. They, 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 they want to see economic activity through development. But it's one thing for the federal and provincial governments to um, allow and enable growth. But if you're not going to provide uh, adequate services, and it's 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 unfortunate because we're not going to maintain the quality of life that makes Canada so attractive. Do you think that uh, part of the reason that you're not getting enough funding is uh, your own difficulties with Doug Ford? Do you think that has anything to do with it? No, you know, I, I would say this problem in Brampton has predated this provincial government, uh, and and the crisis that was, that was before us. 
um, frankly, has emerged over the last uh, 15 years. It's not like it was getting better under the previous premier. We've seen the situation deteriorate over over a number of years. And what was interesting about the presentation we had yesterday in Brampton is it wasn't the opposition MPPs coming forward, trying to make an issue out of it. It was the physicians. It was our local doctors in Brampton and patient advocates who came together to say, um, this this is unacceptable. And you've got physicians who are just throwing their hearts into patient care, saying that they can't accept these conditions in Brampton. That's, that's powerful. There was no political agenda there. When, when, when the physicians were, were pleading for a public health emergency, asking our council to declare it, they were saying that because it, it's in their vocation, it's in their duty, it's in their training to want to help people. And, and the conditions um, are not what you'd expect in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, again, we've seen this as a huge problem everywhere in the province and, and frankly, in the rest of the country. You know, I, I have friends who are experienced that with family members in, in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Do you have in mind anything that could relieve it in, in the shorter term? I mean, again, you've said yourself, even if they shake loose some extra money, it's going to take time to put those things in place. Well, and as we talk about it being challenging across Canada, just imagine that the lowest funding of any municipality is Brampton. So if you think it's bad elsewhere, it is worse in Brampton, unfortunately. And so what I think needs to immediately happen is they can add 200 beds to Peel Memorial rather easily. And so I think the, without building a new hospital, they can add 200 beds. That needs to happen. We have, we have available space in our existing healthcare infrastructure if there was the funding, we could put beds there. So that 200 would, would put some immediate uh, stress relief on the system. And then the planning grant for uh, a new hospital, we need that to be approved as, as quickly as possible. Okay, here's something that, that um, in the light of that, I have difficulty wrapping my head around. So when when you're saying that you need beds, uh, what has to happen is that you need the money for people to staff those beds. So you have space for beds, but no money to open the beds because of staffing. However, you can put those beds in the hallway. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, and we're actually turning people away. Um, and so uh, the problem is that the funding doesn't allow for it either. You know, you say that there's and right now we have our hospitals running in consistent deficits. And so that's not it's, that that's not sustainable to have your hospital with massive deficit at year end because of more visitors. And that's why I mentioned before, like our urgent care clinic, we only get funding for 10,000 visits, but we, we exceeded 75,000. Our emergency department, you know, we get funding for 90,000, but we exceeded 138,000. And so, you know, we're on a shoestring right now. Um, and that's why I've invited the health minister to come and tour the hospital. And I, I want her to see firsthand, I know she's a good decent, hardworking public servant. Uh, I want Christine Elliott to see firsthand the conditions in in Brampton because it wouldn't be acceptable elsewhere. And uh, has she responded to you? She has. Her office has agreed to do a tour, and so we're we're in the process of trying to coordinate her schedule to to do a tour of um, of our hospital. And like I said, we've got the busiest emerge in North America. It's it's uh, it's a pretty acute situation right now. And uh, again, uh, you know, is there? Would you like to see the funding formula changed? Would that help you out? It doesn't. No, it, it, the, the the formula is not broken. Um, 
if 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 we simply got funded at the formula, if if we got the same funding per per capita as the provincial average, we'd be fine. The, the challenge is we haven't seen, frankly, for the last fifteen years, um, a, as much as they have a, a guideline for funding based on population, um, they haven't they haven't met it for fifteen years in Brampton. Uh, were you surprised that you got uh, you know unanimous vote on this? No, in in a sense that everyone who lives in Brampton knows how acute the situation was, and so there was no debate or division or hesitation that this was serious. and And the request came from a very credible source. It was a group of Brampton physicians and 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 patient advocates, people who had had loved ones who uh, passed away within the hospital system, and so. And if it was the opposition MPPs coming forward to city council saying we want you to to attack Doug Ford, we'd be skeptical that there was a partisan agenda. But when it's when it's physicians and patient advocates coming forward with a plea for help, asking us to declare a, a public emergency, um, it, the request was very genuine. You've said you're doing this because lives are at risk. Uh, do you have any evidence that uh, maybe people have died as a result of this situation? Yes, at, at our city council meeting yesterday, we had um, patient advocates come forward on behalf of loved ones who passed away within the healthcare system, and you know those stories are heart wrenching. Uh huh. And and uh, you were satisfied that that was because of the uh, the logjam in the hospitals. It certainly contributed to it. And um, uh, you know, wh- again, you know, what do you have to say to the health minister about that? That you know, my message to the health minister would be this: that in Canada we pride ourselves on having universal health care, and that we don't have two-tier health care. Well, that's sadly not the case in Ontario today. We do have two-tier health care, and there's a level of care that is substandard in in Brampton. Uh, if you if you go to the beautiful new hospital in Oakville, where they've got an adequate uh, ratio of of beds uh, per population. Um, then you have one standard of care, and then you go into a place like Brampton, and it's substantially different. And so, um, the, my message is: if we if we really believe in a universal system, you can't have one part of the province or one municipality that um, is facing conditions that are acute and dramatically different. Okay, Patrick Brown, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Okay, bye bye. All right, uh, let's take a couple of calls here. We've got Martin in Brampton. Hi, Martin. Oh, hi, Libby. You're on the air. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I, uh, I the hospital up in Brampton, I think it's a beautiful structure, and it's like half empty. When I was up there, because I got my finger cut off, and I had to go through the triage and the fracture clinic and that, and I walked around, and is that the old hospital that has some interim beds? Is that what you're referring to? Oh, no, the brand new one up at uh, Brampton Civic Hospital. Uh, Brampton Civic isn't new. Do you mean Humber River? Well, the, the hospital that they were talking about, you were just talking about. But, okay, uh, so you said it was. it's just peachy there? No, uh, it's, uh, it's half empty. Okay. It's half empty. It's understaffed. And you can make all the beds you want, but uh, all the other equipment that has to go with it. Like, there's like 600 rooms in that place. Easy. Um, yeah, there's, uh, when you ha- when you open a bed, there has to be 
staff. Uh, so you weren't in the eMERGE then? Um, pardon me, say that again? You weren't in the emergency? Well, I had to go through the emergency, and uh, then they... Uh, was the emergency up. crowded? It always is crowded. Okay. Uh, okay, Martin, thanks for that. Let's go to Bob in Brampton. Hi, Bob. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm very good. Um, <clears throat> my wife was in emergency at Brampton Civic on Sunday night. We got there about 3 o'clock. Uh, she phoned 911 because of kidney uh, stones. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And, that's painful. Yeah, very, very painful. And uh, it was uh, code gridlock when we got there. They were accept- accepting anybody. But <clears throat> they looked after the emergency department. And um, Dr. Graham, he he was assigned to us and uh, to many others. And uh, those people up there are really busy, but they each they each had their own job. They they were concerned. They were very busy, and uh, they diagnosed with what she had. We had to wait for a CAT scan, and then. Um, um, it was, it was tremendously busy, but those doctors and nurses up there were just just, just wonderful. You, would, you wouldn't think that, that they were under all that pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, we have to salute uh, the healthcare workers who work under very difficult circumstances. And as uh, Patrick Brown, excuse me, <clears throat> was just telling us, uh, you know, this initiative, he said, comes from them. Uh, Bob, I hope your wife is feeling better. Did she pass her stone? Yes, she did. Okay, yep. well, that's good news. Thank yep. you very much for your call. Okay, thanks, Libby. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. Okay. And... Uh, the health minister, Christine Elliott, was unavailable to respond to this. We hope to speak to her about it in the near future. But I reached NDP health critic, Franchelina, shortly before we went to air. Have a listen. Franchelina, thanks for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. So, first of all, the city of Brampton has declared a healthcare state of emergency. What's your reaction to that? Actually, I'm not that surprise. Um, I have been following uh, the overcrowding in our hospital. I have been following uh, the growth of Brampton and the uh, slow pace at which uh, Peel Memorial is being redeveloped or how crowded uh, Brampton Civic is. I say it was just a matter of time uh, before they rang the alarm bell. It happened last night and uh, for people who have been uh, admitted in the overcrowded hospital or have seek care at Peel Memorial and seen how busy it is, I'm sure it's no surprise to them either. Well, I think there are a lot of other hospitals that are in very similar positions, running at 100% or more than 100% capacity much of the time. Uh, yes, you're absolutely right. 50% of uh, hospitals in Ontario uh, run at overcapacity. Every night in our province, a thousand people sick enough to need admission into our hospital uh, will be uh, uh, left in the ER, will be uh, put in a bathroom in what used to be a TV room or a patient hall or whatever else. Um, You're right, the situation is dire. Uh, 
what good will it do to declare a healthcare state of emergency? I think it uh, it sends a message that um, what we have right now is not good. It is not quality care. It is letting people down. You have to understand that our hospital system is sort of the net of last resort. If the home care system fails you or the long-term care system fails you or the mental health system fails you, we all end up in our hospital. They are the net of last resort. So right now they are telling us not only are many other parts of our healthcare system in need of uh, investment, but our hospital, who is our, last, our net of last resort, is about to let people fall through. And you can't have that. You, this, is, this is unthinkable. Now, the health minister is not available to respond to this. Uh, if you ask her people, they point to various investments in Brampton, which, as you point out, aren't coming on stream very fast, but is still millions of dollars. So you have to realize that, yes, they give millions of dollars for, tempor- for 56 temporary beds. Um, yes, those 56 temporary beds have helped, but this is no way to move forward. Those are temporary beds, often not well equipped to meet the needs of the healthcare system in 2020. I mean, the NDP has, has put it forward many times. We forced a vote on this on November 4th that say, Put in your budget uh, money for a new hospital for Brampton because Brampton has grown in population exponentially and make sure that the money is there for the second phase expansion of Peel Memorial, which is an ambulatory care center right now. Uh, The PC government voted that down, uh, but they know uh, that uh, the issue in Brampton is dire and they know the solutions to fix it as well. Uh, Turning to something else now, we are seeing the growth and the response to this new coronavirus out of Wuhan, China. There are reports now that the situation may be a lot more serious than the Chinese are telling us. Do you think we're taking the right precautions? The um, So to make it mandatory to report, was a no-brainer. You you have to. I mean, uh, Ontario was the province that was hit the hardest with SARS. Um, we hopefully learned from that. But as I'm saying this, I know full well that all of that learning, all of that preparation rests with our public health units that have just been cut in some places by 30%, which means many, many changes uh, are the people who have the knowledge, the skills, are they still there? <laughs> uh, there's no way for me to know. And we all know that our hospitals are full. If we were to have an influx of that virus where people are seriously ill, needed to be admitted, where are we going to admit those people? Are we going to have 2,000 people waiting for admission every night rather than 1,000? Uh, I... I I have trust in our healthcare system and the people who provide the care, but I am worried. Okay. On that note, Franchelina, thank you so much. Always a pleasure talking to you, Libby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.